Well, good evening again, and Merry Christmas. Really glad that you guys are here to celebrate uh, tonight, and I just really look forward to um, just acknowledging who God is and what he's done through the birth of Jesus. So we're, we're wrapping up Advent season. We've been talking for several weeks about what Advent means. Advent is about this anticipation that God fulfills his promises, right? That, that Jesus comes as a fulfillment of the promise of God to send a Messiah into the world who would deal with our sin, uh, who would conquer death once and for all, and who would reign forever at the right hand of the Father. That's, that's what happens when Jesus is born into the world, is this, this whole turning point in the history of the story of redemption is happening right here in front of us. But it's also a reminder that God always fulfills his promises, not just this promise, but all of his promises. And there are some promises of God yet to be fulfilled. The promise that Jesus will come back and take us to be with him, that there's a new creation coming. That promise is still out there. But because he fulfilled this one, we know he's going to fulfill that one too. And we look forward to the return of Jesus. So Christmas is just a wonderful celebration of a God who loves us and fulfills all of his promises. But I think we have to acknowledge as, as we spend this time celebrating and, and focusing on, on joy and happiness that there's also still a lot of darkness in the world, right? There's, there's still evil uh, all around us. There's, there's hurt and pain and suffering. There's brokenness. There's sin and the consequences that sin brings into our lives. There's anxiety. There's depression. There's isolation and loneliness. And so I think we have to ask, like, during this season of joy and celebration, what does God have to say about darkness and evil and sin in the world? What is his response to that? Is it, is it tinsel and twinkle lights? Is it, is it presence upon presence upon presence? Is it, is it cookies? I'm sure he can do better, right? And, and he does do better. God's response when darkness enters into human existence is to show love. Love shows up when darkness comes into the world. It shows up and it changes things. God's love changes lives. His, his love is not like our love, the way we talk about and define love in, in our culture and, and the way humans have done it for, for centuries. We, we have a lot of different things that we can say that we love, right? I love ice cream, and I love baseball, and I love my wife, and I love my family, and I love Christmas, and we, we can love all of these things. What does, that, what does that mean when you apply it so broadly? It starts to lose a little bit of, of its meaning for us. So a lot of times we wrap the definition of love up in emotion, and it's all about how we feel about something. If I, if I feel warm feelings toward you, then I love you. And, and if I wake up tomorrow and I don't, I don't feel warm feelings toward you, then I'm not sure that I love you today. And we, we kind of... It's all tied to how we feel, but our feelings come and go, and we, we can't really seem to get a, a grip on them and control them. God's love is not like that. God's love is not wrapped up in emotion, although there is a thread of emotion that runs through it. God's love is about action. It's about what he does. It's about this powerful force that he brings into the world so that when darkness shows up, God's love shows up in response. So when we ask these questions at Christmas time, this time of celebration and joy, what could turn the tide of violence and oppression in our world today? God's love can. What can unite people in a world that seems to thrive on division? God's love can. What can comfort the grieving, give peace to the anxious, give joy to the depressed, companionship to the lonely, 
What can heal sin and forgive sin? God's love can. When the enemy of God declares war on the people of God, his love shows up. When darkness threatens to ruin the good that God intends for all humanity, his love shows up. And God's love is a powerful force that God intends to unleash on the world through us. And it started with a baby in Bethlehem. That was when God said, I want to show you. I want to show you. I've been talking about my love. I want to show you exactly what it looks like. And he did it in the form of his son. So what we're going to do tonight, we're going to read some scripture. And when I say we, I mean we. So I'm not going to read at you. You're going to join me. So uh, when you see something uh, on the screen that's underlined, that is your part. And you get to read that out loud in English, loud. Children, this is your chance to show off your reading skills and use your outside voice, okay? So use your outside voice tonight. Uh, so we'll start slow. We'll give you a couple to get warmed up, and then, uh, and then we're just really going to take off. So we're going to start with 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Are you ready? Three of you are ready. That's awesome. Let's, let's just go without the rest of them. They'll catch up. Here we go. See what great the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. This is John's adoption verse. This is where he says, God... God saw you and all of your, your brokenness and your mess and your woundedness, and he loved you in the midst of all of that so much that he adopted you into his family. He wanted you to live in his house. Sometimes the people who live in our house, we don't even want to live in our house because their people are hard to love. And yet God loves us so much that in the midst of all this, he adopts us into his family. All right, 1 John 3, 16. You ready? This is how we know what laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. God said, I want, I want to show you what love looks like. Jesus is born into the world. He lives a sinless life, a life of a poor man, a life of a sufferer, a life of someone who sees people and loves them. He goes to the cross, innocent but convicted, dies for our sin, rises from the dead, and God said, that's, that's what love looks like. That's what love looks like. And then, as his followers, we're supposed to carry this kind of love out into the world. What, what does it look like for, for God's love to kind of come into our hearts and be transformed in us and then come out of us in the way we treat other people? Let's, let's look at that. So we've been in first gear so far. We're going to fourth gear. So buckle up. Are you ready? John, 1 John 4, 7 through 12. Here we go. Dear friends, let us for comes from God. Everyone who has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not, does not know God because this is how God showed his among us. He sent his into the world that we might live through him. This is not that we, God, but that us and as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. You guys are doing great. <laughs> Dear friends, since God so, we also ought to. No one has ever seen God, but if we, God lives in us and his is made complete in us. What do you think the theme of that passage was? What is John trying to say? 
Like this whole thing that God is doing in the world and in your hearts and that he wants to communicate through you, this is all about love and not like a warm, fuzzy feeling, not like I need to look at everybody and think, oh, how, I, just so, I just love you. No, it's like I see people and I think, how can I demonstrate love the way God demonstrated love to me? What can I do? How can I communicate it? How can I express it? How can I prove it? That's what God's love looks like. Jesus takes it to another level in John 13, 34 and 35. Here's what he says. A new command I give you. As I have loved you, so you must. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you. What do you think Jesus wants us to do? Guys, the Bible's not that complicated, right? And sometimes it's just really simple. And it's the really simple parts that are so difficult to do. Because we look around at people and we go, man, I don't even like them. How am I supposed to love them, right? Like people are difficult to love. Our, our enemies are difficult to love. People who aren't like us. People who think differently. People who choose differently. They do things and we go, what were you thinking? I would never have done that. What is wrong with you, right? And yet we are to love. In fact, what Jesus says is the way that I have loved you, that's how you're supposed to love other people. How did Jesus love us? Well, first, he, he gave up his rightful place as the king of kings and lord of lords in heaven at the Father's right hand and became a baby. And is there anything more helpless than a human baby? Not really. I mean, defenseless, completely dependent on someone else. Why would the creator of the universe choose to be dependent on a mom and dad? And this is the first step in proving how big his love is. And then he says, that's how I want you to love other people. Humbly. Sacrifice yourself. Lay down your wants, your desires, your needs, and serve the people around you. That's, that's how love shows up. Through Christ. So that means for us, when your neighbor is hungry, love shows up and feeds them. And when there are weary workers on Christmas Eve doing jobs that we're all glad we're not doing right now, love shows up with donuts. That means when your friend is hurting, love shows up to be a listening ear. When your enemy is lashing out at you, love shows up. That's, that's not the way of the world, is it? That's counterintuitive. That doesn't feel natural. When anyone is going through life without Jesus because of ignorance or apathy or rebellion, Love shows up. That's who we're called to be and what we're called to do. And if, if it were just God telling us to do something without going in front of us and doing it first, it would be easy to say, God, you don't, you don't know how hard this is. You, you, don't, you don't know how difficult it is to look at, at human beings who just don't seem to get it, who don't seem to have love in their own hearts, who don't seem to care about other people, and to say, I love you, and to act on their behalf. You don't get it, God. But he did that. He looked at us, people who don't, who don't understand like, how selfish we can actually be and how wrapped up we are in our own stuff all the time and how hurtful we can be to other people when we put ourselves first. And God looked at all of that and said, I love you. I'm going to prove it. And now I want you to do the same for others. This, this is the mission and the message of Christmas. As I said, this was the turning point in God's plan for redemption. God, ever since Adam and Eve 
ate the fruit in the garden, God has been on this mission to restore and redeem human beings into a relationship with him. And this is a turning point where God says, it's time to get real. It's time to show you in flesh and blood what love looks like. And Jesus is born in a manger in Bethlehem. That's when love shows up. So let's read about that together. We're going to read from Luke chapter 2. And your parts are longer this time, so take deep breaths. Get ready to go. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph, and who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart on the eighth day when it was time to circumcise the child he was named you guys did great you didn't know you were going to have to do so much work tonight did you Man, I just love that, uh, reading this story together. This is something, uh, a tradition that we have in our family. Every Christmas morning we get up and one of the boys, since they learned how to read, um, would read this uh, story uh, as, we, as we get up and get ready to start our day. And uh, it's just beautiful to share this with you all together because it's, it's this incredible reminder. It's told us such a simple thing like this kind of thing happens every day. And yet it had never happened before and it has never happened since. It is a completely unique moment in all of human history. There's no other faith movement that tells a story like this story. God becoming a man and putting himself at the mercy of other human beings to demonstrate his great love for us. So this is, this is our message and our mission tonight. God loves you, and he proved it through Jesus. That's what we're celebrating. And then God has invited you on this mission to join him and demonstrating that love to the people around you. So we're, we're going to share uh, just in a time of uh, candle lighting, and uh, so we'll sing one more song before we close out. 
So uh, here's what we're going to do. I hope you hopefully have your candles. If you don't, you can uh, step out, grab some candles real quick. There's a, there's a, a very powerful theme of light throughout Scripture. Um, when you uh, start in John chapter 1, we're going to hear some of these verses here in a minute, and you see that, that light is, is sort of the presence of God being represented in the midst of darkness because darkness cannot overcome light. And so we're going we're gonna to participate in that. We're going to embrace our role. We're starting with the light of Jesus, which is our candle here that we lit tonight that represents Christ uh, and his entrance into the world at Christmas time. And then we're all going to join in and, and be a part of the light of Christ as we start with this candle and then the light will spread throughout the auditorium and you'll see the darkness get pushed back and you'll see your role in being a part of uh, being the light of the world as Christ told us to be. So uh, would you stand and we'll, we'll uh, start our candle lighting. beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the deep darkness, a light has dawned. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk into darkness, but will have the light of life. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from sin. Let's sing this together.
so much for celebrating with us tonight and our prayer is that in, in your heart in your home in your neighborhoods in your families that the light of christ uh, is right there at the center burns brightly and that you get a chance to share that with somebody else i just want to remind you if you can grab a box of donuts to deliver uh, please do that on your way out to your right the photo booth is to your left um, i'm going to dismiss this with a word of prayer okay. thanks so much god uh, for jesus Thank you for this beautiful time of year where we get to celebrate who he is and what he's done. Thank you for sending him into the world for us. We're so grateful. God, we look forward to you fulfilling more of your promises. And we know that you will because we have this one to stand on. Help us to celebrate in a way that honors you and is a blessing to the people around us. In Christ's name, amen. Merry Christmas. God bless.